Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. So, last time we recorded, you were in Rome, weren't you? So, I feel like now you're in Australia. There's a lot to catch up on this week. <laughs> yeah, and it's our first uh, it's our first episode where we are doing it between the UK and Australia, so we can actually do it. Oh, it is exciting. Although, if there are any sound issues this episode, please bear with us, just because we've never recorded over this kind of distance before. And yeah, it's all it's all a bit. And I'm in a very uh, echoey hotel room, so apologies if you're hearing a bit of an echo on my end as well. Not yeah, video. but we can we can work we can work through all these things. It's currently like 11 a.m. on a Saturday for me. So what time is it for you? It is 20 past 7 p.m. Um, on a Saturday for me because Northern Territory in Australia is one of those weird places which has an extra half hour of time difference, which is obviously really helpful. But <laughs> it just blows my mind that you're in your evening and I'm still in my morning. I just I, I find time zones fascinating. Oh, seriously! Oh, did you want? Did you watch the video I sent you about time zones? No, I've still got it on my phone because I couldn't load it when you sent it. Um, me and Taylor started watching it, but we're going to watch it. It's so interesting. Let's, I'll leave it in the show notes, actually, because if anyone else is at all interested in this, it's a bit niche, but I, I think it's absolutely fascinating. It basically goes through all the different time zones that are in the world and like how far apart two time zones can be and all this kind of thing. It's actually really interesting. I really like the bit um, with like the Pacific Islands and how they're the, yeah. the section of the Pacific Islands that because they want to be, they're over the international date line, but because their main trade is with Australia, they, they're basically the only place in the world that at certain times there's three different days happening at once or something. It's very confusing. Oh, it's so fascinating. But yeah, how how is Australia? Talk us through where you've been so far. I mean, in Australia, we literally, we only arrived in Australia this morning. Um, But after, so the last episode we recorded in Rome, after Rome, we went to Jordan. Uh, We hired a car for a week and drove around Jordan. And then... That looked amazing. Honestly, Jordan was our our favourite place. I absolutely loved it. It's such an incredible country. You felt so safe there. The roads are really great. There's loads of stuff. Like is yeah, it was great. We really enjoyed it. Um, where did we go after? Oh, and then after Jordan, we went to Egypt. So just uh, Cairo. We were in Cairo for three days, and then we flew from Cairo to Singapore via Dubai. So that was a long couple of days. Um, God, that is that is an intense amount of flying. Yeah, it was definitely. But um, no, then we left Singapore last night and landed in. Darwin in Northern Australia this morning, where I discovered I had booked a hotel room for the 12th of November instead of the 12th of October. Oh, dude. I don't do stuff like that. I was was so mortified. I literally walked up to the front desk and he was like, hi, are you checking in? And I was like, um, kind of. awkward but no they were super super helpful changed the room for us didn't charge us any extra so it all worked out and we got a nap oh that is sweet I mean it's one of those things isn't it like these things happen and if that's the worst thing to happen to you you're doing all right like yeah I mean you've you've done so much in the past couple of weeks like the fact that the only like fuck up is that you've booked the wrong month I think you're doing pretty well the only fuck up we did uh smash the windshield of the rental car in Jordan so that was uh 
car. We didn't smash it. Actually, the hotel we stayed at, it was kind of their fault. Then they refused to pay and then we had to get it all sorted. It wasn't safe to drive. And oh, I mean, this is why you take out full insurance coverage for your rental cars. Like I know it's expensive, but oh, I'm so pleased that we had it. Um, Yeah, it just saves you so much stress, doesn't it? Yeah, Um, but that was that was a faff. But no, like you said, it could be so much worse. They were both, they're both completely solvable things. It's not like a huge, massive issue. So fortunately, and you, we're both pretty, when we're together, we're pretty level-headed. I'll freak out. And then Taylor's like, it's happened. It's fine. Just, we just have to deal with the consequences now. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's all we have to do. And then it's it's nice and calm. (laughs) Well, it sounds like, and looking at your Instagram, you've had some absolutely incredible adventures and just given me the biggest travel bug to be quite honest um but yeah it looks like you've been in a cracking time what have you been up to what's been going on back at home back in your life well I feel like actually the past two weeks I have done a hell of a lot so of course um I mentioned the last episode I got my blog back up and running and then I took Alex to Bruges for his birthday which was absolutely gorgeous like I can't recommend it enough for a weekend break so we went very early Tuesday morning and got back like at 6pm on Wednesday evening Um, and it was the perfect amount of time we got to see everything we did a boat tour we got to eat loads and we actually went via the Eurostar which I haven't done for so long but it's officially the only way I want to travel to like parts of Europe that have Eurostar now (laughs) it's more comfortable than flying it's quicker it's just a nicer experience. You get better leg room. You get Wi-Fi. I mean, I had better Wi-Fi in the Euro Tunnel than I do on my regular commute. It was brilliant. I got loads done. Um, but yeah, I would just really recommend Bruges to anyone who's kind of looking for... I, I imagine it'd be really nice at Christmas with the Christmas markets. If you're looking for a quick weekend breakaway in Europe, definitely check out Bruges. Yeah, I did Bruges at Christmas and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's so, so pretty. And you might even get some snow if you're lucky as well. Very nice. Yes, that is true. Um, so yeah, really lovely time. And then we kind of spent, because we had the rest of the week at home, which was really nice. Um, so we just did some things like we went out for a few walks, went for lunch. I mean, I ate a horrendous amount. Um, <laughs> I just lived off of like birthday cake and like big breakfasts and takeaways and there was a point on Saturday morning where I was like, I need to sort my life out because we went out for drinks on Friday night. And I just, I did that thing, which I I so rarely do nowadays, but I woke up the next morning and I wasn't hungover. So I knew I was drunk and I, I, I just feel like my life's passed. Yeah, that, if that ever happens to me now, I know that I've made a bit of an error because I shouldn't, I know that I don't enjoy that feeling at the slightest. I don't know how I used to do it. So if it happens to me now, I'm like, oh, this was such a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, I ended up like, because Alex was watching the rugby because it's on like 9am and I'm normally up early. So the fact that I slept until the rugby started and then I fell asleep on the sofa watching the rugby, I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I survived it. Um, And then very excitingly, I got a new job. It's so exciting. Tell me more. Tell me more. So it's still in the same area. So I'm still going to be working within marketing and CRM, which is customer relationship management, if anyone doesn't know, which most people don't know in fairness, because it's one of those crazy weird acronyms. Um, But it's, I'm really excited. It's just a bit more, I think it's a bit more me. I'm really looking forward to getting started. Um, So yeah, I'll be starting there towards the end of the year. And it's just, it all happened very, very quickly. I feel like so much has happened since we last recorded. 
Um, it's just a bit of a, it's just a bit mind blowing, really. But yeah, really exciting news. I'm over the moon, and I'm just spending time kind of celebrating a little bit, really. Actually, when I think of, so, since we last recorded, I started my new job, and you have got a new job. <laughs> So we have both managed to get new jobs in the last like couple of weeks since we last recorded, basically. Wow. We're killing yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> look at us go. <laughs> I think that's really important though, to like, celebrate it when things do go well. Yes. Because I know I'm certainly someone who, um, when things go well, I'm like, oh God, I don't want to celebrate it in case I jinx it. But I'm trying to get more into that thing of like, no, something went well. Like if it went badly, I'd feel... I'd really let it, I wouldn't really let it affect me, but I think I would be quite hard on myself. So if it goes well, I have to then celebrate myself. And also, I really think that the things that are, that do make you feel happy and proud and that you've achieved something, they feel like that because you're, you know that that's what you've been working towards because it sounds really like sad, but you're comparing it to the things which, you know, haven't been going as well or you've been a bit more worried about. So when you finally achieve something that you've been working towards, like, that just shows your commitment and dedication to getting towards where you want to be. So obviously you should be celebrating that. Like that's a, a great thing to say that you've achieved. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, but I mean, other than that, there's not been an awful lot going on. I'm just going to have a quiet weekend. I've decided, and um, as you know, I'm awful at baking, but I've decided I'm going to try and make a pumpkin spice loafy cake thing this afternoon. Mm, so very nice. I mean, that'll go one or two ways. <laughs> Um, no I'm absolutely awful at baking I wish I was better and I do quite enjoy cooking but actual baking I am not very good at and I only had um, like a pumpkin pie thing for the first time ever like earlier this year when I went to the states I'd never had anything pumpkin before and I actually really liked it oh my god pumpkin pie is my new favorite thing I had it for the first time last year and that's why I want to make a pumpkin loaf to just try and recreate some of that beautiful cozy yumminess yeah the only other one actually no I did make one I don't know if it counts as baking though but I'll have to send you the recipe because it's vegan gluten-free dairy-free oh yeah but Taylor's um housemate back in Portland made it and you basically use pumpkin puree like a hundred percent pure chocolate but not chocolate cocoa yeah cacao cacao that's the one I was like there's an a in there somewhere where is it um I mix it with the pumpkin puree and it basically makes the loveliest, like gooeyest, basically chocolate pumpkin brownies. Oh my God. That sounds right up my street. Please send me that recipe. Um, I, I, I need to, I need to make those. I'll email it to you. Yeah. They are so, so good. We could, um, I don't know how much of that's staying in cause I really fumbled over that, but if we keep it in, I can also put the recipe in the show notes and then other people can make it. Yeah. It's the only Let's thing. I that. It's the only thing I've ever taken into work that people were like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's just a measure. Does it mean you've not taken anything else in or that everything else you've taken in has just had a really poor reception? Um, well, kind of a bit, but I've, it's the only thing I'd ever actually made from scratch. Everything else that I took in, I just bought from a shop. So it was very generic. <laughs> so I always do. People were never enthralled by the idea of like, I mean, it was Waitrose, but... Maybe little. I don't know. I love a good little bite. <laughs> nothing like a vegan homemade pumpkin chocolate brownie. <laughs> um, do you have any recommendations this week, my love? Because I know we've both been a bit manic, so I feel like we've we've let it slip over the past couple of weeks with recommendations. But do you have anything at all that you do want to recommend? So a kind of recommendation, but only if you're going to find yourself in Singapore. 
But basically, we went to, it was right opposite our hotel. The first day when we walked out, I couldn't believe my eyes. But there's like an official Friends Cafe in Singapore called Central Perk. It's absolutely like, oh my God, I was amazed. And it had loads of the props and Friends episodes are playing like constantly on a projector screen. And they've got, um, there's a coffee, iced coffee, milkshakes, uh, like different snacks, all named after characters. And they've all got descriptions that are really funny. And there's like the sofa set. And then there's Monica's kitchen. Um, there's like, the, oh my God. Just, so it's like, like, it's not just a cafe. Like they've gone all out. Yeah. I mean, some of it, it's not identical. It's not obviously the set, but a lot of it is very similar. And um, like the coffee house bit and like the seating area and the stand where Phoebe sings. And it's all set up and it's, oh, it's so, so, Oh, it was amazing. And there was a funny chalkboard, like 50 life lessons I've learned from friends. And I was just absolutely cracking up at them. They were so hilarious. But um, yeah. What character coffees did you have? Oh, I had the Ross Geller and Taylor had the Phoebe Buffet. I'm going to read the description. So, um, (laughs) So the Ross Geller one is... Quirky, mellow, and well-balanced. Low acidity with a delicate sweetness and a complex aroma that will put, that will put you in unagi, a total state of awareness. Perfect if you need a break. <laughs> and then what was Phoebe's? Um, Amazing. Oh, hers was a hinge of uniquely, weirdly, flavorfully nutty, tingly cup. The dry fragrance reveals a, a scent of herbal tones and earth-like sweetness with hints of hazel nuts. Just the descriptions are just absolutely what was the oh the Chandler one was my favorite a witty complex perfectly balanced blend full body with a smoky finish could it be any more smoky <laughs> it was so good oh it was such a cool cafe so if you go if you go to Singapore I can wholeheartedly recommend it and you can just sit in there and watch some friends for a bit in the air-conditioned room because it is so hot very hot oh that sounds I mean that sounds dreamy I can't believe I went to Singapore and didn't know that was there, although I was there very briefly. So yeah, it's not the uh, easiest place to get to if you're there for a short time. I don't think. But okay, well next time, next time I need to go there. It's on the list. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about? Do you have any recommendations for this week? I do. Well, I have. I feel like this is when you almost recommended corn on the cob. So I'm very hesitant to call this a recommendation, but more of a suggestion of something I think people should do if they like Marmite. Um, (laughs) Have you ever had uh, cream cheese on toast with Marmite? Yes, I have tried that. Oh my God, it's my new favourite thing. I can't, then again, you did come to the Marmite party a little bit late. I mean, it's only on, it was like the beginning of June. It was whenever you came to stay and we tried to do a road trip that failed. Oh yeah, Um, that one. (laughs) We got rained off. That's when I discovered Marmite. So yes, I'm very new to the Marmite party and I realise that. But if you haven't tried cream cheese and Marmite on toast, go do that this weekend, kids. Um, But more seriously, what I was going to recommend is Jamie Oliver's new TV show. So he um, has launched a new cookbook called, I think it's called Veg. And it's basically like a collection of completely meat-free meals. Oh, yeah. And he's also done a TV show to go alongside of it. And I love his cooking programs because they're normally only about half an hour long. So they're nice and like speedy. But most of his recipes are usually pretty easy and straightforward. Yeah. And it just feels quite accessible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we've always had his cookbooks because he was the 
one that came into our primary school and started off the whole like healthy eating thing with us. So we've always kind of had his cookbooks at home and like mums used them over the years and things like that. And they are just such easy recipes to do. Like I don't feel intimidated when I look at one of his cookbooks. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And obviously this this kind of series has been all about eating less meat because we all know that it's better for us, it's better for the planet. But even if you're not vegetarian, I think it's still very appealing as an idea because the recipes are just like it's about using ingredients you normally use but just making them kind of center stage and there's a couple of things he's cooked and I was like oh I had never even thought of like putting these two ingredients together or all those kinds of things if you're looking for some more inspiration and you want to get some like nice ideas of things to cook it's all available on um what is it four on demand this channel four show yeah. And then of course his cookbooks out as well and that's available everywhere. I haven't got the cookbook, but it's on my list of books I want to buy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I do that I like that there's more um like vegetarian cookbooks or just like using veg and kind of being more creative rather than just your generic peas and carrots and stuff. I like that there's more appearing. Yeah. Yeah, and the show's really nice because there's a section in it where he travels to different countries that are um where like vegetarianism and just like not eating meat is really popular so he spends some time in Jodhpur which is 70% of the population are vegetarian which is higher than any other Indian state that's That's a fun fact for you that's amazing wow yeah and some of the food that is cooked is just looks absolutely amazing and it's really inspiring to see so yeah I'd highly recommend going back to it's funny that you mentioned Marmite I had tried Vegemite for the first time today Okay, I need to talk to you about this. This was going to be one of the first things I brought up, but it totally slipped my mind. Vegemite versus Marmite. Vegemite is crap. <gasps> I'm so sorry. It's like eating bland tar. Like, oh, no. It's really thick and black, like really, really black. But it just doesn't, it hasn't got the strong Marmite taste, which maybe is why some people do prefer Vegemite, because I know Marmite is quite strong, but it's not salty. It's not really yeasty. So some of the flavour has gone. But then literally we went to a, a supermarket before coming back to the hotel to record. And um, on the like, spreads aisle, there's Vegemite. And above it is a jar of Marmite, except it's not called Marmite. It's identical and it's called Our Mate. And what? I don't know if it's Australia just really taking the piss. Like Our Mate, like, you know, it's just like a classic, I don't know, the feud between Vegemite and Marmite. But it's identical I've taken a picture of it and it's called our mate and when you turn it around it is like the Marmite brand like the the address that's on it and stuff like that I think there's another the address that's on it. I love that <laughs> yeah so they well, I actually checked it because I was like god surely this is copyright it's the exact same like jar and design but I think it is Marmite I think there's another brand called Marmite completely unrelated so it obviously can't use the name so I'm like, have they been really passive aggressive and called Marmite our mate in Australia just to like take the piss? I if, if anyone from Australia is listening, please tell us. Like, I'm now fascinated about the politics of Marmite. But in all seriousness, can you get Marmite or do I need to ship some to you? Well, I almost bought this our mate stuff because it was, it was, it, this is the other thing as well. I don't think it's imported because it was the same price as the Vegemite. Um, so potentially I mean I have told mum she might need to ship me like a container of Marmite but I need to buy this our mate thing and see if it is Marmite because if it is I'm all set but if it's not you're gonna have to send me some 
Okay, well we, we can we can arrange that. So keep us updated on the on the Marmite situation, please. I, I will. Seriously, I'm gonna send you this picture of our mate because it's very passive aggressive. <laughs> so should we move on to this week's topic now? Yes. Um I feel like we need to clear things up slightly. Um we made a slight error. <laughs> yeah, only a slight I mean, yeah, it's similarly to the hotel situation, we got our dates wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the end of the world, but we did make a little bit of a mistake. So we just want to clarify um, that this, uh, we pre-recorded two episodes, the solo travel from the last episode and this current episode, which is on worry and uncertainty. And they should have gone out the opposite way around, um, which is why you might have seen some really confusing captions on our Instagram as well. Um, Anyway, I mean, it makes no difference. It's still, we, we loved both discussions and we thought that they were both really interesting. So yeah. just, to, just maybe, to clarify. I think maybe in this episode we talk about it being a year again. And I think we also talk about how you're in Jordan or Rome or somewhere like that. Um, so yeah, and it's not, it's not quite in chronological order. Um, but hopefully you can forgive us because, you know, like, as you've heard, life has been a little bit busy recently. Um, but yeah. And um, hopefully, well, I say hopefully, the next episode will be more back to normal. Um, we'll both hopefully be in a bit more of a routine by that point. Um, yes. Or by that, I mean me. Like I realise I am the one here who's been a bit of a pain and gallivanting <laughs> off. But, um, yeah, how could you? I'm so, I mean, I'm so angry that I can even continue with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, seriously, it will be all back to normal and... Um, Regardless of the slight chronology error, we really hope that you enjoyed this discussion as well. As you know, we are both, uh, we can be worriers. Um, So it's a really important topic for us to both discuss. It was actually quite nice that when, um, because I realised this on a train back from Belgium, I was like, crap, we put the wrong episode up. (laughs) Um, And I text Helly and both of us kind of, it was quite nice because we talk in the episode about how... um, we're kind of getting better at coping with worry. And I feel like this is actually a brilliant example of this because there was definitely a time when we both would have really got worked up over it and really worried and just made ourselves feel awful, even though we would never have done that to one another. Whereas this time we were like, look, it's not the end of the world. These things happen. So we're practicing what we preach. Exactly. (laughs) So we hope you enjoy it. And yeah, here's the episode on worry and uncertainty. So this fortnight, we thought we would discuss uncertainty, worry, all those kinds of things. Because if anyone knows us, we are big worriers. Such big worriers. We we have like, we chronically worry about things. But also it felt really fitting because as we're recording this episode now, it's actually August. Heli has not left yet, but when it goes live, you'll be, any idea where you'll be? So I'll be in Jordan, um, possibly in the desert. So not great location for recording this no not really ideal um but I guess that's the thing that we don't really know where you're going to be we don't quite know how this is going to fit together and actually this will be our one year celebration kind of we've been doing the podcast for pretty much exactly a year yeah crazy. um which feels insane I think if you had told us a year ago that we'd be recording it really far out in advance because you were going to be in a different country and we would be like what how our lives would be now that would have filled us with real worry yeah, definitely. I think the changes that have happened to us both that we weren't expecting this year, if we'd have known about them, we we would have we would have just worried and worried about them. Yeah. That, 
and it we know how debilitate, debilitating worry can be when things play on your mind and that's that's all that you can think about until something is resolved or something happens so i think it's very fitting for both of us to kind of acknowledge that we've had some big changes and we've survived and it's been fun yeah. but also to acknowledge that worry is a completely normal thing to do it's just that if it's taking over your life and it is something that's very excessive that's not okay and sometimes you need to acknowledge that and find a way to to manage it because you can I mean we're proof of it the last year so much has changed and we've we've managed it yeah I feel like now sitting here now like both of us are like oh god we don't know how the next few months are going to pan out and we don't know how the next year is going to pan out there's so much is going to change in our lives in the next year um and that feels like at first it feels quite intimidating but I feel like currently we're looking forward to it and we're like okay but that'll be fine like we were just talking about how it's the last time we'll both be recording the podcast in my flat because by the time Helly's back I'll have moved and next time we record together you know we don't know where you'll be yeah and so that at one point I think would have really stressed us both out but now kind of like having got a little bit better with worry we can see the positives and how that will actually be really exciting because it means that I'll be finally living with Alex, hopefully, and you'll be with yeah. Taylor and we'll be having these really exciting lives. So actually, yes, it can feel really intimidating and stressful, but kind of using techniques to pull out the positives in it and kind yeah. of pull back on the worry a little bit. Yeah, I think we wanted to go over some techniques and ways that we've managed it and managed to manage worry. That, that works, yeah, weird, yeah, but, managed to manage worry. Um, and almost kind of, like you said, turn those things on their heads and see the positives of change rather than the worry that comes with the uncertainty of it. Yeah, I think we're by no means perfect. Like this weekend alone, how many times have I gone, I'm really worried about this completely irrational thing? And you've been like, yes, that is also irrational. you were worrying about the flat being tidy and having done washing in a food yeah. shop before I arrive. Obviously, I don't care. I mean, we lived together for three years. Like, you've seen my pants drying on a clothes horse, but I'm like, it's got to be put away and it's got to be perfect. Like, and then you're like, it doesn't matter. And I think that's the thing. Like, we're not perfect. We still worry about completely pointless and inane shit, but we're better at A, getting one another back and being like, no, 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 it's okay. And also doing that ourselves. So we want to kind of share some of that because it's horrible when you feel in that spiral of worry. It feels so, it just feels crap. I think that's the first step, catching yourself when you see that it's the spiral. Like yeah. acknowledging that that's an issue that you have and stopping it before it goes too far or trying to be a bit more rational about it when you can see that it's going down a path that's just not not beneficial. Because I think we've both said, like, and it maybe it's not healthy, I don't know, we both have quite positive beliefs about worry. Like yeah. worry can be... Worry can be motivating. I always think I wouldn't be as organised and I wouldn't get as much done if I wasn't a bit worried about yeah. kind of being on top of things. So, yes, yeah, sometimes worry can be a good thing. Worry can keep you safe. And also, worry can really, like, um, it shows you care about something as well sometimes. Like, yeah. if you, for example, like, if you've got a big meeting at work or, I don't know, like, you're playing in a sporting match or something, you're a little bit worried before you go out because you're like, oh, I want this to go well. That shows you care. And yeah. I don't think that's bad. However, if it's, to the point where like you're up at night and you can't sleep and it makes you start to feel like actually borderline anxiety like that isn't good it's something that then needs so, like, to be you can managed to catch it before that point the, i think the best way i've done that is really start to be try and be as self-aware as possible and just kind of flex that muscle of asking the question being like is this something i need to worry about yeah is it actually something that a has any point to worry about like can i change it can i control it yeah 
and do I need to change or control it? Yeah. So that's the other side of it. Like sometimes you can, but you don't actually need to. Yeah. I think the big thing for me has been identifying like there's different types of worries and some of them are very tangible. Like I have a big meeting next week and I'm worried about that or I've got a presentation to do and I'm worried about speaking in front of a room of people. That is normal. It's a very normal human reaction and also it has a definite end date because Mm -hmm. by by the end of that day next week it'll all be over but then there's the less tangible worries like oh what do I want to do with my life what is my career right for me or should I be in this relationship there are bigger questions which they're not a definite yes or no answer and you can't solve that problem by 3 p.m on Tuesday next week yes and you have to acknowledge that Thinking about those things all day, every day is not healthy. Yeah, like definitely having that thing of like, am I enjoying my job? Is it where I want to be? Or am I happy in this relationship? Am I happy with where I'm living? All of those things are obviously very important things to consider at some point. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between thinking, oh, where am I in my job right now? Where do I want to be in a year's time? Am I on the right path? And oh my God, how the hell am I ever going to get to be earning the money I want to earn in the position I want to earn, getting the lifestyle I want to earn? I'm so far away from it. I'm never going to achieve it. Like that Mm. is not constructive. I think it's more about goal setting, isn't it? Like you said, say, okay, this is where I want to be in a year's time. Not worrying about where you will be, but thinking, now I know what I want to do. Can I achieve this in the next month, the next six months, the next year? And setting those as markers rather than just thinking of it as one big thing. Like, what do I want to do with my life? That's, that's no far too big. It's, it's That's not a manageable worry at all. So we wanted to share some of the techniques that we use to manage worry and that have helped us to get a little bit better at coping with it in an everyday life. Yeah, I think one of the main things that I do, I've always been... Yeah, so I think one of the main things that I do, and I've, I've always been a big list person, but I've really found using using a list of what I need to do on a day-to-day basis so I can visually see what needs actioning. I think that really helps kind of manage the day-to-day worries um, and sort of separate separate them from the bigger life worries that maybe are for another time. Yeah. And if that's just, I need to do some washing, I need to do some shopping, I need to get ready for this meeting, I need to make sure I call my mum, like things that you know you need to get done because they they are just tasks at the end of the day but when you know you've got a lot to do and it's piling up in your mind then it feels like then it makes you anxious and it makes you worry because you feel like you have a lot to do yeah I always find as well with that like if I'm sitting at work and I've got loads I've got to do that day then you're like oh my god I've, I've got to a food shop I've got to put a wash on I've got to you know pack some going away this weekend those jobs actually don't take very long like yeah. I can do my food shop in half an hour on the train on an app and send it off it'll take me three minutes to put a wash on so when, as soon as I write that down, it becomes a lot more realistic. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I've just got to put a wash on. That's an easy win. Whereas in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to put a wash on. It's a disaster. Because yeah. they're all just flying around your mind and you're like, God, I have all these things to do. And you're mo- hopping from one to another so quickly. You're not actually logically thinking, oh, I need to do a wash. Yeah, that's only going to take me a couple of minutes. You, just seeing it visually in a list and then you can tick it off or yeah. delete it off your list app, whatever it is. And it then just makes the day-to-day feel a lot more manageable, I think. Definitely. I think one of the biggest things I do is speaking to someone else about the things I'm worried about. And it doesn't matter who, it's just someone who will, I guess it's someone who will take it seriously enough to give you the time and not just dismiss it, but not someone who will indulge you too much. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever it is, I always find if I go somewhere, I'm really worried about this thing. And someone goes, okay, fair enough, but... 
is it something you need to be worried about? And I think when you say it out loud, it doesn't feel as scary because it's kind of out there. Yeah. And suddenly, you, as you say, sometimes I worry about things. And as I say them out loud, I'm like, I think I've done it with you so many times. I'm like, I'm really worried about this thing. And this happened. And then and I'm like, actually, as I'm saying this, I realise how stupid I sound and how irrational it is and how I don't need to worry about it. And actually going through that process and explaining it to someone else and almost going through the motions hmm. helps you to break it down a bit. I don't think, like... I don't think it's stupid or irrational. I mean, I think verbalising it is really helpful. Yeah. I think it just, it does, having someone else's input from the outside, it's more about giving you perspective, I think. And I mean, we do it with each other. We are constantly sending each other a text like, oh, I'm worried about this, or I'm worried I've got this illness, or I'm worried that something's going to happen. And because we, we both know that we're worriers. I can be like, no, Helly, the the rash on your arm is not like your arm going to fall off. Have you taken an antihistamine? Is it that you're a bit warm? You're like, oh yeah, that's true. Or yeah, I got stung by a bee earlier. That's what it is. Like it's that kind of thing of like actually let's yeah, and having that person who, like you said, is not dismissive as well. Yeah. I think that's really important. Just speak to someone that you trust, um, and having that extra input, I think, yeah, it's really valuable. Yeah, and also when you're doing that, I think it's always quite beneficial to be like, I want to solve this problem, or I just want to speak about it because sometimes. I don't need a solution to the worry. I'm just like, I'm really worried about this thing and I need someone to be like, it's okay, you'll be fine. Just want it out there. Yeah, rather than here's your 10-point solution to the problem. <laughs> Although sometimes that's what I need because you get into that headspace of just like spiralling and you need someone else to like grab you and pull you out and be like, no, yeah. Yeah. stop. Definitely. Um, another one I think, again, we both do this, but there's a lot of people that lie awake worrying at night. Yeah. And obviously that can be a massive it's a vicious circle really you lie awake worrying and then obviously you're absolutely exhausted and then the next night you're worried that you're not going to fall asleep and then you get even more exhausted and then you end up in a cycle of exhaustion and insomnia that's just not healthy yeah it's awful it can last so long and that in itself then you worry is there something wrong with me because yeah. I have insomnia and you're like no mm. there's an actual more cause I think there are definitely things you can do before bedtime and during bedtime to kind of I think ease yeah that. having a really having a good evening routine like bedtime routine almost that just giving yourself a bit of time to wind down for for as long as you can I mean I read somewhere you're supposed to wind down for two hours before you go to sleep yeah no that's not happening I don't have I don't get in early enough to do that I don't have two hours in my evening to spare winding down but if there's something that you can do that relaxes you whether it's taking a bath or for me I like to read a book and I kind of go off into my own world of the book or like lighting a candle that the scent relaxes yeah. you, listening to music, like whatever it is, even if it's just watching your favourite TV show, just something that makes your mind switch off and you just enjoy, I think yeah. can be really helpful. I find the Calm app really useful this. I think I've spoken about it before. Um, because they have like bedtime stories that you can put on. So I try and do like mm. the five, ten minute meditation. And meditation is something you have to really, really practice. Like I'm not good at it. I often start spiraling a bit in it and worry a bit but yeah the more I've done it the more I've got better at like putting myself back and being like no let's stay in the moment um but they also have like these sleep stories that are like specifically Uh, designed to help you fall asleep mm. because I don't really like falling asleep in silence because I'm a worrier my mind runs but if I've got a story and I can like be lying in bed really focusing on visualizing every part of what they're talking about I go to sleep in five minutes. Yeah, I mean, this is, I've been listening to podcasts when I fall asleep for years now for that yeah. exact reason that if if I'm not listening to something, I have it on really low, I'm not actually listening to it. 
but the noise of something else in my ear is distracting enough that my mind isn't fully able to run yeah. off into worry. And I find as well it's better than like falling asleep with the TV on. I mean, I've, I've never had a TV in my room, but if I ever fall asleep in front of the TV or have something on my laptop, I find the light often distracts me. You know, yeah. It doesn't quite let me fall asleep as well. And obviously we all know that you want to avoid those like blue light mm. devices before bed because they do disrupt sleep. So I think listening to something is a nice balance between like, you're not really looking at your phone. If you listen to podcasts or the Calm app or anything like that, you can set it to automatically switch off. Yeah. So then you don't have to like look at your phone to turn it off again. And it just really helps distract you from the situation because yes, you should spend time trying to address your worries, but the time and place for that is not 10.30 on a Monday night when you're lying in bed. Like there are times when you actually just need to pull yourself away from it. Yeah. And like speaking of kind of a, time or place something that I've I've heard and I haven't used it that much myself I know it's obviously depends what kind of worrier you are but having a certain place that you worry in I think trying to disassociate worry from from your bed or your bedroom is probably a really healthy thing to do yeah and I know that some people have found I don't know you sit at a specific chair in your living room or yeah. in the kitchen and only worry in those places. So then you no longer associate worry with places that should be relaxing, like in your bed or your bedroom or on the sofa or, I don't know, in the bath. Whatever's enjoyable for yeah, you. Yeah, that's quite interesting. That's like quite a good idea. Like you're yeah. kind of saying, I will worry about this, but I'm going to do it later when I'm sitting in my designated spot. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to use it for. And then that way, when you know you have a certain time and a place to worry, it's almost like then it takes the worry of worrying out of the rest of your day. And actually, have you ever sat down and tried to purposely worry about something? Like, I'm going to sit here and worry right now. It's actually very difficult to do. Like, the, the act of focusing on the fact you need to worry often means that you can't actually worry. But I think that's the thing, though. If you, are, if you designate worry to a specific time and specific place because you're forcing yourself to worry in that place, you're becoming a lot more aware of your worry. So when one, one randomly drifts into your mind during the day, you maybe get a bit better at being like, yeah, nope, I will leave this one for later. And like, I'm busy right now. I'll deal with this later. Yeah. And then when it comes to the moment, you're like, actually, I don't need to worry about this because I've got the time to actually worry. It can take up all of my day. Well, or say you've got half an hour that you designate as your worry time and you say, I'm now able to worry about it. It's that thing about actually, do I need to worry about this? Maybe not. Yeah. And it kind of just, again, it's that thing of breaking it down and mm. putting it into a different circumstance that isn't the moment you're in at the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that kind of, it leads back to the tangible, not tangible thing as well. Yeah, definitely. I did this, it's like a course thing and it was about current and potential worry. And that massively changed things for me because I realised that so current worries are the things like the meeting that you've got next week or a big event that's happening and they're they're kind of normal and they're things that you can control and things that you can have that you can problem solve basically whereas a, a potential worry are things like oh but what if that if it starts with what if it's probably a pot- potential worry yeah and there's a high chance you can't do anything about it right now yeah, it could be like, oh, I meant to meet friends next weekend, but what if I like, what if I can't because the weather's really bad, and how am I going to get to the station? And what if like I miss the last train? And so, is it really worth me going? That's all pointless to worry about because it's all yeah. what ifs. And things like if if a friend hasn't replied to you, oh, what if I've done something to upset them? I feel like so many people do that yeah. kind of thing, but 
there is no use worrying about that because you don't know you yeah like, you have no idea what they're doing they're probably just busy they might not have seen your text yet but it's it's useless wasting your energy worrying on something that you cannot possibly know if it's true or not yeah definitely and I think that takes practice in doing oh yeah and absolutely. accepting and kind of like making peace with that but that's why you should start doing it as soon as you can just recognizing yeah the more you do it the better it gets like I've definitely got better at that in the past six months Mm. I think before I would have exactly that thing of like had a message that was left on red and I've been like oh my god I've really like even with you I've like oh my god I've really pissed her off what have I said maybe I've sent her like I've sent her three texts in a row maybe that's really annoying maybe I've distracted her at work what if she's been told off having a phone at work in reality you've probably read it because your phone's open and then thought I'll respond to that in a sec and been busy because there's more to your life than answering my text messages <laughs> as much as that displeases me <laughs> but like and it's that thing like the rational side of me is that actually if I've pissed you off you'll tell me yeah or if you don't respond for like a day I'll be like have I done something and you'll be like no I've been busy like, and I'll be like oh my god I'm so sorry I completely yeah, I like, was busy I completely forgot and and then you've wasted all that energy and kind of like yeah. anxiety on worrying about and it and afterwards you're like of course I've got pissed off. Like, what did I say? I was like, oh, have you seen, like, if, if have you seen this picture? Have you seen this or so-and-so? Or, like, saw this today and yeah. thought of you. Like, I've not said, like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, you've not done anything wrong. There's no way that that's a, a rational worry. Yeah, but it's, it's acknowledging that. Yeah. And it's accepting that if you start acknowledging it, you might not notice that difference straight away. But over time... You do start to it, see it. You will see it and it will get better. The other thing I find really helpful is kind of, it goes back to that thing of potential and current worries and kind of removing some current worries. So like, for example, if I've been really, really busy, I probably haven't been eating very well. I probably haven't been exercising very well. I almost certainly haven't been like drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. And I find that when I don't do those things, it just like is a little bit more stress that's added to your daily life. Yeah. And that has a toll on your body. So you're then a bit less resilient to the worry. So I find if I can kind of get back into those healthy habits and it's not like I'm going for a run every day and I'm doing an hour of yoga and I'm eating like 30 portions of veg every day. Mm. It's those little things of like, let's have slightly better meals and let's move a little bit more. And when I'm in those healthy habits, it's almost like it gives me more brain space. Yeah. To be able to deal with any worries that come up because then I'm like, I'm not thinking, Oh God, I've not exercised all week. That's so bad for my health. Like, you know, all of these things. I'm like, oh, I've done that thing. It doesn't even need to cross my mind. Yeah. And then whatever else life throws at me, like there's so much you can't control in life. You don't know what's going to get thrown at you. But if you've kind of got a good basic sort of routine and some healthy habits in place, it's a lot easier to just have fewer things to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I definitely notice the difference when I'm, even if it's just a 20 minute run on, like, on the exercise bike at the gym yeah if I've done a little bit of something two or three times a week I know that I feel so much more kind of on top of my worry than than I do if I've not done anything for a couple of weeks and that's something else that's contributing to my oh my god my life is falling apart around me I think that goes back to our episode we did about keeping fit and how there's more to exercise than just you know actually being fit because it's so good for like endorphins and all that sort of thing and that helps reduce stress levels yeah I think it's if you can nail some healthy habits, again, this is something that isn't, if you're in that moment of intense worry, it's not going to help it. But it's more like longer term and lifestyle changes. To manage it. Yeah, longer term, I think that can be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And I know that you mentioned it before as well, like meditation and yoga. And 
you mentioned calm and there's headspace and in fact there's low what was the other one that we used? I can't remember. But there's loads of apps out there that if meditation and yoga sounds really intimidating as something to try and relax you, there's apps, there's YouTube videos, and they are all aimed at making those things more accessible. Yeah, if you're someone who's never tried meditation because you think it's just not for you, because I've struggled with it and I've had to like really practice it. One thing I found that made me feel like it was something I actually could achieve was listening to like other podcasts with people like Andy Puddicombe, um, who created Headspace, and Michael Acton-Smith, who was one of the co-founders of Calm, and they talk, talk about like their journey with meditation hmm. and how it it's almost like it's become a thing that you have to be amazing at and that everyone can do. And the way they spoke about it and like the purposes of it and how you have to practice it, I found that really, really helpful because like, oh, actually, it's quite like, and they talk about like, how you don't have to be perfect at it and how it's a practice. And that's the thing, like that's the emphasis I get, they practice. Really, really like got me back into it and got me thinking about it again. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, it's almost a bit jargony sometimes when people yeah. speak about stuff. Because I'd always heard so many people speaking about mindfulness and I never really understood what it was yeah. and then very recently we had someone come into work actually and do a workshop on it and for the first time I actually understood mindfulness is just clearing your mind and being in touch with what's going on around you yeah and now I I find that if I set aside a couple of minutes maybe three or four times a day to just practice mindfulness, it makes a massive difference. And it, you don't have to do anything particular. Like, if I'm feeling a bit stressed at my desk, I'll go to the kitchen, make myself a cup of tea. Yeah, that's In that I time, do. I literally will stand there. I can feel the work surface underneath my hands. I can hear the sound of the kettle boiling. I can feel the heat from the kettle. You just think about all the sensations of what's around you. And you're so focused on those things that your mind completely clears of the worry. And that's what mindfulness is. And I feel like I've spent years not understanding what it yeah. really was. And now I'm like, that's all it is. Just for a moment, just literally taking in the moment and not thinking about anything else. And it's really helped. Yeah, I think if you're someone who likes to understand stuff, I think that's that's often a problem with worry. If you're someone who likes to fully understand something and be able to solve a problem like we are, yeah, worry is like the worst thing possible because you can't just get to the bottom of it always and you can't just like understand it. So if you can, un I've certainly been, if you can understand how the techniques work and why they work, yeah, they're a lot easier to apply and that helps you to understand the worry a bit more uh, yeah and also on that I am a bit of a perfectionist as well so I worry about not being able to use these techniques and them not working yeah I'm like, well, what if I don't do it right yeah so now I've almost changed my I've tried to change my outlook and I, I instead worry about implementing them in my day so I think I'm not going to aim for them to be successful every time I'll just aim for them aim for me to do it three or four times a yeah. day and as soon as I make it kind of like a numerical target I do it because yeah I'm a perfectionist and I want to do it four times a day because that's the target I've set in my own head and it's just for me it's not for anyone else and I think that's the thing you just have to find what works for you to try and manage your worry and it's not going to happen instantly because it's it's a it's a habit worry is a habit and yeah. it's probably one that's formed over years and years yeah, it's taken you 20 plus years to get into this position. It's a bit unrealistic to think you're going to change overnight. Yeah, exactly. I think give yourself time. And also, I think it is remembering that, especially if you're worrying about like potentials and what might happen in the future, 
you're so much more resilient than you realise. Like, so many things have happened in the past couple of years. And if I had been told then that they would happen, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm never, ever going to get through that. Whereas, actually, when you're in it, you find the strength of something. You find the ability to get through it. Yeah. And actually, having spent so much time worrying about these things, that hasn't better equipped me to get through them because when they've actually happened, they've actually been very different. And often they turn out even better. Yeah. I mean... If you're listening to this right now, just think of all the things that you've overcome in the past few years Yeah. that would have shocked you to know a few years ago. There's probably a lot of things that you've done and you've just taken it in your stride because because you have to. It's life. You just have yeah, to get, on with, to get on with it. Yeah, you have to get on with it. And once you realise how much you've already achieved, you're more capable of coping probably than you realise. Yeah, and I think it's reminding yourself of that because that's such a thing with worries that you don't think you're capable of being able to cope with it. You are. It might be really uncomfortable. It might take a lot of work, mm-hmm. but you can. And don't beat yourself up for it. Yeah. And if if you need to take a day, if you need to take a weekend to just get things straight in your head, to have some quiet time, to not see people, or just whether that you need to speak to that someone who will listen to your worry, yeah. that's fine. I think, it, again, it is about figuring out what works for you and taking the time that you need to work on it. Because it's not... Yeah. It's not an instant thing that's just going to go away one day. Yeah, because if it's a thing of like, oh, I'm worried that I'm not quite where I want to be in my job because I'm not on track for where I want to be in a year's time, you can be like, I'm going to solve it through this, this and this, but then you actually need to earmark the time to do those actions. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, well, next weekend I'm not going to do anything except work on this one thing. Yeah, sit down, write a list, figure out what your plan is. And you'll probably find that even though you've not solved your initial worry of, oh my God, where I'm going to be in a year's time, that's because you don't know, but you've problem solved, you've written a plan, you've got some ideas and some steps in place that you can follow. Yeah. And probably already the worry feels a lot better because you've taken some kind of action for it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know where I'm going to be. However, I know I'll be a bit more well prepared for if I am. Yeah, definitely. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and found it useful with some of our tips on how we cope with worry. Worrying is a very normal human thing to do, so... Please don't worry about your worry. (laughs) Um, But it's something that everyone has in their lives. And we hope that kind of by sharing these tips, there might be something in there that's that's useful for you. Yeah, definitely. And of course, you can head to our Instagram, which is at 20s are hard. And we have a lot of nice, positive, what we hope is a nice space on the Internet. Yeah. um, To maybe help you with some of those more worrisome days. You can also, of course, check out our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard. Of course, if you want to get in touch as well with any topic suggestions for future episodes or you want to share some of your techniques for coping with worry, please do let us know um, by emailing us on 20s are hard at gmail.com and we'll share these over on our Facebook page or, or the Instagram or on our next episode because I think everyone has their techniques for coping and it's always so helpful to hear what other people do. Yeah, definitely. Um, and... With that, hopefully um, the next few episodes will be a bit more um, regular for us in terms of yeah. recording. God um, knows where you're going to be, what it's going to be like, but it, I'm sure it's going to have been amazing so far. Um, and you'll be a bit more settled and all this exciting stuff. Yeah. So, And we'll, we will, of course, all catch up. We'll catch up with you all and what we're both up to um, at the time. Yeah, so have a good couple of weeks and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.